Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 What's that? Welcome back to the Rough Trade Podcast. This week, a bunch of highly anticipated new records, including the new one from Oliver Arnolds. I sat down with him to discuss the new album, so stick around to hear that a little later on. But first up, a new one from Anna Calvi. Her brand new album, Hunter, is released end of this month via Domino and explores sexuality and breaking the laws of gender conformity. So check out the new single, Don't Beat the Girl Out of My Boy. Don't beat the girl out of my boy 
That was Anna Calvi and the new album Hunter, as I said, is up for pre-order now. It's out end of this month and it includes a really sexy red vinyl version. So get your hands on that if you can. New releases this week and you can finally get your ears on the brand new album from Interpol. Marauder is their sixth studio album and it's a complete gem. We're really excited to be hosting the band in our Rough Trade East store this week for a really special intimate set. I absolutely can't wait for that and I'm sure we'll report back on it in a future show. But also keep an eye out for videos uh, and pictures and stuff from the evening on our social channels too. White Denim released Performance this week, one I have to say I've certainly had high hopes for. It doesn't disappoint, they're back and they're just as exhilarating as ever. They're actually playing Rough Trade East this week too and I'm so excited for that. As I said, I've been really looking forward to that for such a long time. Um, really excited to finally get to see them. So let's play a track from that one. This is Fine Slime. You work all night up your girlfriend's girl, you say you just can't find time. Got in a rush, start observing much. Oh, but you call it fine slime. Do what you have to do, somebody gets mad at you, but you survive, right? Stay in danger, everybody says bye-bye Look out, look out, look out. Look out. No water's home Oh, you can't stay in this, but your life demands that you would hear the guideline You can catch a bus with securities
So that was White Denim. Album is available on Rough Trade exclusive white vinyl and it's as fitting as it sounds. Producer, multi-instrumentalist, composer, songwriter and vocalist known as Blood Orange returns with his fourth album, Negro Swan. Of the record, he says, the album is an exploration into my own and many types of black depression, an honest look at the corners of black existence and the ongoing anxieties of queer and people of colour. It's got a real soul to it, this record. Uh, so I'm going to play a track from it. This is Charcoal Baby.
So that was Blood Orange and album Negro Swan is out now. The Lemon Twigs are back with their second album, uh, highly ambitious and called Go To School. They actually came by the Rough Trade tent at Green Man Festival a couple of weekends ago when we were there and signed a bunch of records for fans, which was really, really awesome. We loved having them. Um, so I'm going to play a track of this one. Uh, and this is the third track of their new record entitled Rock Dreams. the lemon twigs next up and it's five to one time as i promised um i'm not too sure that it's gonna last five minutes it's probably gonna go over this week because i had oliver arnold's in as i said and i find him so intric intricately interesting um that time just kind of ran away with us um his new album remember is out now and it's super super beautiful i played uh, a single from it a few weeks back actually um which you might or might not hear again later in the show. Not going to give anything away. Um, but here we go. This is when I met Oliver. Oliver Arnold, welcome back to Rough Trade Radio. The last time we saw you was, was it 2016 and Island Songs? Yeah, I believe so. It was. I guess. It I think was. so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, which was, of course, seven songs, seven locations, seven weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but you're back with brand new album, Remember, um, which aside from breaking sort of the seven track kind of trend that maybe some of us have come to know you for, um, you also have created this incredible album with this new software that you've developed. 
the player pianos. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, how did that come about? Because I believe you've been working with them for quite a while, possibly sure, towards the end yeah. of the last album mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I guess I started developing it um, even before Island Songs. I was already developing this. Um, but um, yeah, it, it plays a big part of the album. It's not that I composed the whole album using it, but it's a, it's a very prominent sound or a, or a character on the album. And whenever I start doing something, I always like to create something that I can grab to, you mm-hmm. know. So, because like I do a lot of film music or stuff like that, and then you always have like you have a plot, yeah. And and you just have to follow it, and the music will it will come because because yeah. there's only one way it can really go, you know. Uh, but then you start an album and you have this total blank slate where you can do anything, and that's the hardest thing to do as an mm. artist to do something when you could do anything. Like, yeah. how do you know the thing you do is the is the right thing? Uh, so I like to often start with these concepts, and that's also where the seven songs ideas come from because mm-hmm. they give me like a path to go down. Um, so I started developing this idea. Yeah, like three years ago or so when, uh, well, I saw these digitalized player pianos. They're basically, for people who don't know what we're talking about there, <laughs> like you see in the Western movies, like these player pianos where the keys move. But, you know, a few years ago you started seeing them digitalized and they were made for the consumer market actually as like a thing for rich people or hotels to put in their lobby and you have like an iPad and you press play and it right. plays like, hey, dude. Yeah, or something. yeah. It's a pretty boring idea, <laughs> but um, I, I had seen them around and, and I started like looking at the back like, hey, what connections are here? And mm-hmm. like, what could you actually do with this? And then uh, I came to the c- conclusion that they could be made interesting if you if you stop thinking about the, the fact that the keys move, but you actually start thinking about what happens when we play a piano, which is my instrument that I use to compose, but you remove your physical connection with it. Like, what does that do to your creative um, feedback loop, you know, like that your inspirational loop mm-hmm. or your your impulses as a creator when you can press some keys on a keyboard and the pianos react in unexpected ways. Yep. They start doing textures instead of just playing one-to-one ratio what you pressed, you know. So that's the shortest way I can describe this idea. <laughs> <laughs> did we did we see uh, them in action actually in uh, the I think it was the last track on Island Songs in Dora right. in the video. Yeah, th- was I was using there? a very early prototype of okay. that for uh, Doria, which is the final track of yeah. Island Songs. Yes. It's almost like that sort of rippling sound for me that that it creates. <clears throat> but I guess as obviously it creates a beautiful sound for us, but I suppose for you is it from what you've just described it was that sort of platform to kind of further inspire you and, as you say, use it to kind yeah. of evolve your, your music and your project. Exactly. It's not necessarily about the outcome. It's about um, my own relationship with my own creativity in a mm-hmm. way. Like that's like how you break your habits. Um, the best way to break your habits is to manipulate the tools you have, like destroy the tools you have. Um, I'm used to writing on a piano and very simple version of this would be okay I'm going to write on a guitar today mm-hmm. like the music would sound different even though in the end I would play it on a piano the yeah. music I would write would be very different so this this explores that like how if we change the piano we destroy the the physical relationship we have with the piano what music comes out mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, in the end, it became very textural, very rhythmical, because once you don't have your own hands anymore, and it's just done by a robot, you can actually do much more of that because yeah. you can play faster, you can play more notes at the same time. So I started exploring ideas that I would never think about if I was just improvising with my hands because my ca- hands can't physically do those things. Mm, no. How, with so many outcomes then, how do you know when it's the finished track or the sound that you want? Is it just... You never know. Okay. You just explore until you find something that you like and yeah. start building around it. Yeah. So I would usually use the, we call it Stratus. Um, I would usually use the Stratus instrument as the starting point mm-hmm. to a track to find the nice pattern to because it it's it's so spontaneous and um, unpredictable that you would very often there come up with ideas that you wouldn't have thought otherwise and then I would build the track around that basically. Okay, amazing. Um, and did the the Stratus play into how you've created the album artwork as well? Yeah, and everything basically. Yeah, it became very central to the album. Um, I used the same generative software as we created to control the pianos. Um, we made a version of it which instead of outputting piano notes, it outputs shapes on a paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we ran the um, the album ideas through it and it drew some shapes. And we did like a hundred versions and one of yeah. them looked really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it does look really nice. Uh, and that, yeah, that became the cover. But there was a lot of really shit ones for that one good yeah. one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this album, of course, is a lot about creativity and where you, you draw inspiration. And I wanted to ask about your fans because they are, as well as being so many of them, they're incredibly loyal. It's an ever-growing fan base, of course, perhaps also because there's this growing interest in the sort of music that you create. Mm -hmm. Um, But how do they play into, if at all, you know, the creative process, like a tweet you get or when people (laughs) come and see your concerts, how they they react? Um, I mean, first of all, they're just such lovely, creative people. Uh, I'm very lucky with my fan base that they they tend to be creators, Mm. uh, which I love because then you can actually really play into that with Mm -hmm. them. Uh, Just as an example, we... Um, we released the third single for the album, uh, which is a piano track. And on the day, on the day before we released the track, I just spontaneously, without even thinking, I decided I'm just going to upload the music sheets for the track on Twitter. Oh wow! And see what happens because nobody has heard the track. Yeah, yeah. They don't know what it sounds like. But here's the music sheets. And within 24 hours before the track was actually out, there was like a hundred covers on YouTube of oh people God. like who are reading the sheets and playing the song. And it was so amazing for me to see like, oh, the song could be played like could that. Be played like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's very inspiring to, to actually <laughs> yeah. to see like how, how do they imagine the song? Yeah. Uh, Particularly before they'd actually even heard it. Yeah, they it. haven't heard how I do it, yeah. so they're not copying anything. They're no. really just making their own interpretations that are not polluted at all by my idea of the song. Yeah. Uh, and that in return is inspiring the the music that I make, you know, because I'm learning, I'm learning a lot from these things. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that the track would be played like that, yeah. but that's actually a good idea. So you can take that into your bank of kind of, experiences <laughs> and, and and keep it in the back of your head for yeah. next time um, but particularly for this album it's not like uh, the album is not a social experiment or, or anything like that no. um, 
of course I always try to look for some creative ways to involve people and I love social media for that mm. to give me that opportunity to have this to make music a two-way conversation instead yep. of just people listening to me all the time yeah. I like to because music ex- is uh, expression right and expression needs to be both ways I yeah think. yeah definitely I mean you've always been very collaborative I suppose um and you've actually got is it son on this mm-hmm. record is that something that you that just sort of happens as you're creating an album or do you kind of look as you're creating a record who might you be able to kind of dip into there's a bit of both um the collaboration with son was totally spontaneous he was uh, I, I knew him a little bit before and uh, he was he needed a place to write music in and i got him a room in our studio okay. uh, there's several rooms there and and he stayed there for a couple of weeks just writing some music so at the same time i was starting to write my album and often in the evenings we would just sit and listen to each other's demos and i was showing him this demo and he just started singing <laughs> and it literally went like that and, oh, wow. and i pressed record and he sung it into the mic and that's the recording you hear we didn't even redo it oh it's, really it's, just it's completely all, organic it's improvised and organic oh, um, and then he left the country and we'd even forgotten about this until i was like oh yeah the album is coming out soon and uh your track is on it that's okay right <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even discuss it oh, really? <laughs> it just, oh that's amazing <laughs> Oh, I um, love hearing stuff like that about, <laughs> yeah. Cause but there's just... a bunch of collaborations there that, that you know, I, I uh, that I uh, kind of consciously try to include Yeah. Um, in order to influence where, which direction the album would take. Mm. Um, I don't want to look too far ahead because obviously this album is completely brand new and you've been working on it for obviously a number of months, years even. Um, but because you've sort of evolved the process of how you create music, do you think, is the sky the limit almost? Do you think that will just keep going? Will you use Stratus in your next project or is it kind of like completely open? That's very open, but I don't like to dwell on the same idea for too long. Mm -hmm. Of course, it can be developed further and it's always there. It exists now, so Mm -hmm. it's a tool available for us. Uh, But for the next one, I will go for something else, I'm sure. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be related to technology. You know, it might also just be that the next one I strip everything back and do a piano album. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know where my head will be at. <laughs> <laughs> do you have more? Because obviously, the other side of you also does film scores. Is there more of that sort of work in in the pipeline? Um, there's always conversations, but I've recently decided to drop all of that mm-hmm. for a little bit because um, I feel like. Right now, I'm. This is the place where I should be. Yeah. It should. I should be on tour. I should be concentrating on this album, and I feel like that's where people also want me right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of demand for the shows and stuff, and that makes me very happy. And I'm. I'm happy to continue touring until, until uh, um, I need a break, yeah. <laughs> and then I got, can go back to the films. <laughs> yeah. You've got a huge tour, which obviously you're returning to, but it goes into mid or kind of spring next year, I think. It it will go it's even huge. further, but yeah, that's okay, wow. how far we've announced the yeah. shows. But we've booked things until the end of next yeah. year, actually. Does so that it's, it's over one and a half? Yeah. yeah, is that very? I guess each time you you do an album, you do a tour. There's this, I guess, increasing demand for people to come and see you. And does that always is that quite overwhelming in a way from when 
when you look back to when you first started producing music and putting it out there um, to how far it's come or is it just something that it's special yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's overwhelming because like it's such a happy place to be in mm. um, but very often you go like oh wow that that just happened yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and it it's fun as long as it keeps being this like thing that you work for and and you're going somewhere uh, but as soon as it's being repetitive and like when you don't see like the next step of it then it becomes exhausting for me mm. but mm. Uh, we're still looking at like that the shows next year are bigger than this year or in most ex- more exciting venues or in yeah. places that we haven't been to before uh, and while it stays like that it's always very exciting to do yeah. and it doesn't become boring yeah no 100% Great. Well, I'm going to just finally ask you to wrap up and play us out with a song of your choice from the album. But I also want to mention that we've got a Rough Trade exclusive. Yes, uh, we should mention that. Which is a beautiful, I think it's transparent. It's a transparent, clear clear vinyl, uh, whereas the standard version is black. Yeah. Um, I like this one. Yeah. Better. Uh, And I'm not always a fan of the special editions, but I, I, I have to say I wish... The standard edition was the clear vinyl oh, really? because it just fits so nicely with the artwork. Yeah, it's uh, the booklet is slightly different as well, but yeah, it's uh, it's the same record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's available only here, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think you did one for Island Songs too, didn't you? A white, a white version. We did a so. white one for Island yeah, Songs, yeah, which is hugely popular. So I yeah. have no doubt that this one will be too. Um, but thank you so much for coming in and talking to us, and good luck with everything that this album brings, and obviously the tour. And we'll see you soon. But what track would you like to play us today? I think we should play the title track, Remember, um, which was the first track that I wrote for the album and the track that uh, very much dictated what the album would become. This is Remember, and thank you, Oliver Arnold. Thank you.
Huge thanks to Oliver for stopping by. Don't miss the Rough Trade exclusive, as we discussed. Um, it's a transparent vinyl. If you can get your hands on it, it's really, really something special, as you heard from the man himself. Um, so yeah, in-stores now. Come and get it. Events this week then, and aside from the multitude of sold-out gigs uh, from the likes of Idols, Interpol, and White Denim this week, we have a real kind of array of other things. So we've got Erin Ray at Rough Trade East for a free lunchtime gig on Wednesday. In the evening, it's Rough Trade Recommends time and Hater, Breathe Panel and Gentle Stranger make up an awesome bill for this month's edition. Entry is just £5 as ever and, you know, beers are going to be flowing. Uh, the staff really love coming down to this one too. So come and join us if you can. In Bristol and Hers are playing live in store on Thursday and then Spring King uh, are playing on Sunday. Nottingham, uh, we've got Stone Foundation live in the store on Wednesday. And then on Friday, there's a vintage, uh, an arts pop-up happening uh, in the shop from midday. So plenty to go around uh, in the UK. Following on from Residents live Q&A on Monday. It's a bit quiet in uh, Rough Trade NYC this week. So pop in for a browse by all means, but head to our website for a bunch of upcoming gigs to get your hands on uh, for a very healthy September in Rough Trade NYC. Everything's up at roughtrade.com slash events as ever. So definitely go over and have a, a little explore over there. So that's about it for this week. Tune in next Tuesday uh, when Nigel and I will be revealing the album of the month for September. Man, do these come around fast? It's a great one though. I promise you that. Uh, to play us out this week then, I've got one from Jeff Buckley. His album Grace turned 24 last week and it sits very firmly in our Rough Trade Essential collection, an undeniable classic. One could easily say it's an album that defined the decade in which it was born. To honour it, I'm going to play, very appropriately, um, the track Eternal Life, taken from Grace. So enjoy, and I'll see you next week. Bye!
questions What is love? Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do, so if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.